Hello, everyone. Welcome to our show today. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haowen. Hello, 大家好，欢迎各位再度来到 Angie 英文。我是 Angela. We have a great episode for you today with my good friend Justin, who's known around the Taiwanese and professional community as Justin Starry. 是的，你没有听错。今天我们的内容呢，还是一样是跟加密货币跟区块链有关。所以，对这个领域有兴趣的听众朋友呢，相信你一定等不及要学更多相关用字了吧？那我们就赶快欢迎 Solana 区块链的达人 Justin。My guest today is American. However, he has been living in Taiwan for about two years now. He is a core developer at Solana Labs. He is a world traveler. A lover of learning new things, solving difficult problems, and so much more. So, everyone, please welcome my good friend Justin. Hello, boom! <laughs> What's up, brother? <laughs> welcome to NG Ingwen. Thank you. So good to be here, dude. First of all, I have not seen you in real life with long hair, with the hair down. I should say.、Mm. Every time we hang out, your hair is always up in a pretty dope man bun. But I'm loving the the long look. Yeah, I like to change up、uh, my vibe a little bit. Like hair down, like makes me feel like I can just like relax and have a good time with friends,、uh, have good conversation. That's more like what I go for there. Interesting. And hair up is businessman. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, because you had a pretty cool, like side. Like, did you do like a razor cut on that? Yeah, it's like an uppercut. So I like to keep my hair like nice and clean, like when it's up, but. Now I have the option to let it just flow as well, so it's good to have two options. <laughs> nice, my man, dude. You are such a cool cat. We only met at this point. What about two months ago?、Mm, yeah, about two months ago. But you have quickly become one of my closest, dearest friends. The feeling is mutual. I pay him to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, just love everything you're doing in the blockchain space and really the mental health space and just your own journey through life. And so. I was hoping we could focus a bit at the beginning of the show on kind of what you're doing in the world of blockchain and crypto. So, do you mind giving a little introduction to our audience here on NG Ingwen? Yeah, so I work at Solana Labs, which is、uh, responsible for developing the Solana blockchain, and I'm a core developer there.、Uh, we have about, I think it's about like thirty to forty core developers on that team, so pretty small still. So, I like to. Work on a lot of different stuff there. Yeah, man, you are a, a, a serious problem solver, and it's just so cool. I mean, you know, guys, if please Google Solana Labs and you know the Solana blockchain, it's an incredible project, and you know, to be on the core team of that is is a really beautiful accomplishment for your career. And so, I was hoping we could kind of start though with more of the origin story of software developer. You know, what is what does it actually mean to be a core? Developer on a blockchain team. Well, first of all, I didn't really know what I was even getting myself into early <laughs> on. I actually have a, a background more in、uh, web development, so I've experienced making websites and like backend、uh, API servers for websites, stuff like that. And I joined Solana Labs in that capacity. Usually, a blockchain has a website where you can see transactions and and the different blocks that are being created. So I built that for Solana, and then slowly. I became more of what I would say is a core developer, is someone who's working on the code that is processing the transactions, creating new blocks, having 
we we have different validators we call different validators talking to each other working together to create this blockchain and i work on that code now it's so cool man and you're doing a great job too explaining that it's hard i know to talk in a elementary level about that pretty high level stuff right there yeah, and I wouldn't even necessarily say elementary or dumbed down. I I really try to speak about technical things in a way that's just clear and not too much extra information. It doesn't need to be hard to digest. Actually, a lot of computer concepts I feel are are quite simple if you really break it down. And then it's just a bunch of simple things all built together that become more complex. Yeah, man. You've got a future in blockchain education, I feel. I love education. I that's something I really care a lot about. So it's awesome, man. And so so cool. So now you've been with Solana Labs for how long now? It's approaching three years. Very, very cool. And so in terms of Solana, could you kind of help our audience understand, you know, what problems is Solana trying to solve? Yeah, so all blockchains are trying to just help people agree on something. But when you have to wait for everyone to agree on oh, I sent you 10 tokens, and then you sent those 10 tokens to someone else. We, we need to all be in agreement that that happened. And Solana has this uh, has a few innovations that make that process just a lot more streamlined um, compared to some of the pre-existing blockchains like Ethereum, which is an incredible piece of software. But Solana has, like from the ground up, reimagined a few things that make it more performant. And so what we try to solve is making the blockchain accessible to everyone. Yeah, I love that. And it's so important because, you know, I, I bring on a lot of my Web3 friends here now and we're all talking about how can we make using blockchain technology for the everyday person so they don't really have to understand that they're using blockchain technology, but they can get all of the added security, all of the transparency and all of the immutability that a blockchain has at its core. Yeah, I really do agree with that. There's There's no reason that users need to understand every minute detail about how a blockchain works to use it. A lot of things could be happening under the hood. And a big key part that's prohibiting that from happening on Ethereum is the cost of transacting on Ethereum. It's very, very high. If you want to create like an NFT or something on Ethereum, it may be like, you know, tens or hundreds of US dollars. It's, it's too expensive. Yeah, it's it's really creating a barrier of entry that is not you know, it's not playful and it's not welcoming to bringing on new users. Exactly. And I think one of the other cool things that I like about blockchain is it's it's a place for experimentation. Mm. And experimentation means you're making mistakes and you're iterating, you're learning as you go. And if you have to figure everything out up front and make it as cheap as possible because, you know, the blockchain is too expensive, you're not really being able to experiment as freely. So... That's why I like the Solana developer ecosystem that I'm seeing now. Like, oh, there's a lot more experimentation because the costs are lower. Yeah, that's very well said. I love that. And so thinking a little bit about the future of yourself as a developer, are you focused on any big projects upcoming that you can share? Or do you have any vision for where you hope to see Solana go in the future? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have way too many things that I want to do. That's that's always my biggest challenge is prioritizing, figuring out what's most important. Um, I think with Solana, my main focus right now is making the throughput of the blockchain higher. And recently, Solana's had some instability where transactions are not being processed. So things like that are the main focus for me right now. But then going forward, I think that me personally, there's so much more in the space to learn. Like 
you can never keep up in this space. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I just hope that me individually, like I can just find more opportunities to learn new, new pieces of technology or different protocols. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Staying fluid in your, your own personal learning, I think is so valuable to then you as a developer. And then you can bring creative imagination to how you problem solve for Solana too, right? Yeah. I think that I always view programming as like more of like a creative expression than, than just like a, a blunt hammer type tool to create some code. Like I, I'm really feel like I'm bringing things to life and that's why I ultimately love what I do is that 好了，言归正传，我们这位专门在Solana实验室研究开发区块链的来宾分享到呢，他本来其实是在做网站开发，好帮Solana区块链做网站的，是后来才慢慢转变成公司里区块链的核心开发人员。那现在呢，已经在这
不是都会为了要把前进的过程受到的阻力降到最低，而以流线型来设计车体吗？那这个流线型就是 streamline。只是在今天的节目里呢，它的用法是把流线型当成形容词来用，好延伸成一种简化流程、提高办事效率的意思。或者呢，也可以用来宾提到的这个字 “performant”， 好，它是从名词 “performance” 性能表现演变来的，同样也可以用来形容科技高性能、高效率。接着，来宾提到，他未来除了期许自己要不断充实加密货币领域的知识以外，也希望可以提升区块链的生产力。好，那这个所谓的生产力，用英文表示的话，就像他说的 throughput。好，它是一个比较偏技术性的用字啊，一般我们生活里其实真的不太会用到，除非呢，你的工作是可能。啊，跟供应链有关，好，或者是像这边一样，是在讲电脑系统处理速度的时候呢，哎，才比较会用到。好了，讲太多了，我们赶快继续听下去。You were saying you kind of started more from web development, but how did you find your own passion within any type of computer science, right there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, computer science I would describe as more like a bit more theoretical. You could write papers about how computer science works. It's not exactly necessarily writing code, although obviously it's related. Yeah, so I got into coding in high school. I was lucky to, you know, have a chance to take a a class, and my first big project was making a game. I just was a big gamer, and that was my avenue towards learning programming. I just thought it was so cool. I could create a game that I could play. I made、uh, the game Asteroids. Myself and played it, and I whoa love that game. <laughs> That's awesome, Asteroids, dude! <laughs> like the proper arcade game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> great game, guys! Google that, please. So that was like your first project that you coded in high school. Once I had the skills necessary to make it happen, I remember like the code that I wrote was so bad,、um, but it worked, and that was all that mattered. And I I worked like all weekend on that project to to see it like come to life. Yeah. Wow! Oh, that must be so rewarding to see your first real kind of self-created project come to life right there. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, I shared、uh, with some of my friends, and and none of them really understood at the time. They were like, "Oh, like that's so nerdy. Like, why would you spend all that time like working on this thing? You probably just write zeros and ones, and you just you have you don't do any fun stuff or whatever." But to me, that was fun, and. And ultimately, I, I now have a lot of friends that that enjoy that too, and so I'm just happy being me and doing that. Yeah, but that's beautiful. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty deep metaphor for life, right there. You just <laughs> you're being you, creating what you love. And do you remember what code or what language I should say you coded that in? Yeah, it was in C plus plus. C plus plus. Okay, so really, your first true fluency of a coding language was C plus plus. Yeah, I mean, at the time I was learning learning JavaScript, which I still use today.、Uh, I learned some programming language called MATLAB, which is used for, I think, more research type things today.、Mm -hmm. Maybe not used much anymore. I don't know.、Uh, and then, yeah, C plus plus. And yeah, I, I use many different languages throughout my career. And right now, I'm using Rust, and I love it. And yeah, it's always fun to find a new type of language to express yourself.、Uh, when when doing programming. Yeah, I was so curious. So you had to learn Rust. Because Rust is the essentially the the language of Solana, and、yeah. that was a brand new language created for Solana. Is that right? That's not true.、Um, it was actually <laughs> it was actually created for the、um, the Firefox web rendering engine. So when you open Firefox, what is、uh, taking code and creating you know a nice website on your screen? 
that code uh, was written in C, C++, uh, and Rust was developed um, because that code in Firefox had so many little bugs that would keep popping up. And so they created a language, Rust, that helped just make those bugs impossible. And so it's just, it's often seen as like a safe, but also still fast programming language. And that's mm-hmm. why we use it at Solana. Beautiful. So the origin was to solve problems for, Muz- what is it, Mozilla Firefox? Exactly. I love that. That's a great browser too. <laughs> yeah. Big fan. Great. Thank you for the history right there. I did not know <laughs> that that was the origin story of, of the programming language Rust. Yeah. So another thing that I think would be interesting is to especially the web developers listening is how I transitioned from web development into Rust because Rust is often seen as a very low level kind of scary language to learn. And for me, it was, I was actually still making websites with Rust. I worked on this project, an open source project, which allows you to create a website in Rust and then it will be compiled into what's called WebAssembly, uh, which browsers support today. So uh, now you can use more than just JavaScript in the browser. And since I was already familiar with web development, it was like half familiar and half new. And that was an easier transition for me to learn that new language. So cool. So many incredible things. A lot of fun people in Taiwan are starting to do, you know, events and these coding camps and mm. And from as high tech to as low tech as you want, guys, learning a little bit about computers, you know, and websites, it, it can bring you so much joy to you and so much excitement to the world and a lot of innovation. So I encourage you all to get out there if you can and find any interest. I know I will be encouraged by my boy Justin here to uh, to take a few classes. And, and, and I have encouraged you. <laughs> you have, you have. And I will take you up on this. Well, do you think we could change gears a little bit to kind of more the story of Justin in Taiwan? Yeah. And some of the awesome things you're doing now using your Mandarin language acquisition. Do you think we could start with kind of what the heck is a Solana core developer doing in Taiwan? <laughs> that is a great question. Uh, before working at Solana, I had lived in Taiwan before. Uh, I originally moved to Taiwan because I was learn- interested in learning uh, Mandarin Chinese. I thought it would be very challenging, and I like challenging things. So I chose Chinese to as a language that I wanted to learn. And I chose Taiwan because it seemed like uh, a really nice uh, country, really nice people. So, yeah. Beautiful. And so you've been here now for kind of on and off for a handful of years. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. But you've been more recently back in Taiwan for pretty consistently for the past two years, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I came back two years ago. Came back two years ago and have been here. And so I would love if if we could share a little bit about, yeah, your Mandarin learning journey. You know, what has helped you learn? Any tips and advice, any actionable steps that that our listeners could take to apply to any language? Yeah, a lot of of stuff I could get into here. When I first started, I I took some classes and I think that was a good foundation. But ultimately, I think if you're going to learn a language, you have to find something that you're interested in about using that language. Uh, are motivated to use that. A lot, of, a lot of times people might be wanting to have a job where they can, they need that language, for example. But I didn't have that. So I found things that uh, maybe it was media, maybe it was like a show or a song, or oftentimes for me, it's food menus. My, my Chinese is really, especially like reading uh, characters, it's really good for food. Because my homework, experience that with you. <laughs> my homework for myself oftentimes is I'll be at a restaurant I don't understand what half of the menu is, but I really like something there. And so I'll take a picture of the menu and bring it home and just translate each word so that next time I go back, I can order something new and interesting. Yeah. That's uh, it's so great. Yeah. Using your love of food 
and your exploration of trying new restaurants and then breaking down their menus. So cool. So, so, f- and anyone can do that in any language in any place. Yeah. I think it's a good, like, starting point. And something I know you've been really excited about and focused on with your Mandarin now is helping bring up the software developer community using your Mandarin skills. So can you share a little bit about that? Previously, I was the only Solana developer here in Taiwan. Now we do actually have another engineer based out of here, which is amazing. Um, but at the time, like about a year ago, I noticed that like Taiwan had a pretty strong crypto community that was starting up, but no one really knew what Solana was. And I was the only representative. So I held a few workshops here so that people could come and learn basic Solana development. And I think those ones I didn't prepare in Chinese, but later on there was a hackathon that was Solana has run a few global hackathons, but I prepared special content, uh, like an online video lesson uh, for people to learn Solana concepts. And I gave that in Chinese. Yeah, it was extremely hard for me. My Chinese is not that good. But uh, what I did was I worked with a a tutor. I prepared the content that I wanted to say in English. I translated it myself into very poor Chinese. And then I worked with the tutor to refine that. And then after getting, you know, a draft of what I would be saying, then I practiced my pronunciation of it. Um, and I, you know, drilled different vocabulary just in case someone asked a question. So it's, it's a lot of work and time, but ultimately it improved my Chinese a lot and improved my confidence a lot. So, so beautiful. And it's so cool. I think you did some of those events with, with Cindy, our good friend Cindy Lin, who was just on the show doing, uh, with Soul Dev. Yeah. It's called Soul Meat. Soul Meat. Excuse me. Yeah. S-O-L-M-E-E-T. And, you know, it's been so fun because we've, we've had that mutual connection there. Man, so fun. You're doing all that and you're pushing yourself. You're challenging yourself with Mandarin. And that's, that's so beautiful. Cause now I would say, in my opinion, just being in crypto as well, Solana is becoming one of the most popular blockchains in Taiwan. Wow. That's incredible to hear. I, it's funny because a year ago, I don't think more than a dozen people knew what Solana was here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's largely because of you and, and your incredible network that you're growing. But yeah, most people I talk to now, they are big fans of Solana in one way or another. So keep up the incredible work. Thank you. Awesome, brother. Well, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our NG Ingwen show here. It's been great to have you on. Thank you for taking some time out of your your hectic, hectic life. But I was hoping we could end with a question I love, which is if you could go back and talk to a younger Justin, would there be any advice you give yourself about language, life, anything? One thing that I've really been embracing lately is that I am just someone who loves to follow my curiosity. And I think in the past, sometimes I would stop short of that because I would be worrying about what other people thought about the things that I was pursuing. So I think what I would just tell myself is just focus on what you're curious about and interested in it and own it. And the more you own that, you'll you'll just naturally find other people that, that have common interests mm. as well. And you'll just be happier as a result, just being you. Mm, just being you. Yeah. Well, well said. Owning that true, authentic self. I love that. Well, well said, my brother. All right, dude. Well, where can people find maybe a soul meet or where can they find you online or where can they learn more about Solana? For me, I don't, I don't do too much, but you can follow my Twitter. My handle is J-S-T-R-R-Y. I don't tweet too often. It's, and it tends to be more technical, but, but yeah, feel free to follow me and, and, and reach out. Awesome. All right, Justin. Well, thank you so much for making time here on NG Nguyen, and we'll talk to you next time.
Sounds good. Thanks for having me. 下半段这边一开始，我们 John 不是在问来宾他当初是怎么从原本网站开发的本业发展到现在这些其他 computer science 资工性质的工作吗？好，他问这问题的时候用了这句 ：Is that still under the umbrella of computer science？ 好，这边这个 under the umbrella of， 各位有些听众朋友可能会觉得。<笑>嗯，有点乌飒飒。为什么讲电脑像那一半突然冒出一把雨伞呢？是要下雨了吗？不是哈、哦，这句这句片语 under the umbrella of 什么什么什么，它表达的其实是在什么什么旗下，或者是属于某个什么什么一部分的意思。所以，就让他其实想要说的跟下雨没有关系啦，而是在问网站开发是不是也算是自工的范围，算是自工的专业这样子。好，那所以。呃、嗯，是吗？只跟我听众朋友们解答一下，拜托。我本人跟这一块完全没缘，一整个是二类和三类的绝缘体。但根据我上网爬文得到的结论和来宾提供的说法呢，哎，没错，它确实也算是自工的领域啦。好，所以它其实也没有说是在某一个时间点就突然从网站开发改变性去做自工类的工作。而是从高中就开始有在做 coding， 然后还自己写了一个游戏哦，自己的游戏自己写，这样超强。大家如果想玩的话呢，可以上网查他们刚刚讲的那个游戏，中文叫做《爆破彗星》，好像还蛮好玩的哦。好，再来，我们提到了几个城市语言的种类，好像是 C++ 啊、JavaScript， 还有 Rust 等等。那在讲到 Rust 的时候，来宾也特别跟大家说明，这个语言呢，它其实一开始被设计出来是为了要解决一些在 Firefox 在那个火狐浏览器上面遇到的一些程式缺陷。后来因为这个语言有安全而且快速的特性呢，那时候 Solana 区块链的开发人才会选择用这个语言来写，好，而不是像 John 说的，不是为了要开发 Solana 而写的。OK， 小知识跟大家分享一下。那如果你有兴趣的话呢，不妨找个时间去了解一下各种城市语言的相关介绍哦。尤其如果也是跟来宾一样是做网站开发的话，那多学几种其他语言也没什么不好嘛，对不对？像 Justin 会 Rust， 就让他在 Solana 区块链的领域就更容易上手。好啦，这种学城市语言鼓励的话，由我来讲真的很没说服力。但是如果想学外语的话呢，就另当别论了。紧接着来宾分享到他学中文的过程。没错，他除了学城市语言，也学人类沟通语言第二外语，厉害厉害！原来他其实以前呢，为了要学中文，就已经有来过台湾，而且最爱把餐厅菜单当回家作业，就把菜单上的字一个一个学。好，是说这个方法真的很有用。以前我在秘鲁的时候也是也是这样子学西班牙文的。好，因为你有一个想吃想点餐的动力在嘛，对不对？所以就会努力想要去把它学好，或者是像他在工作上，因为之前常常会需要办一些 workshop， 办一些那个呃说明会，好用中文推广介绍 Solana 区块链，所以那个时候其实就让他的中文表达能力进步了不少，而且也大大提升了他的自信心。最后来宾分享到，我们如果可以找到自己的兴趣，了解自己喜欢什么，然后认真研究，好好去钻研那个领域的东西，如果可以做到这样子的话。
，那自然而然就会遇到很多志同道合的朋友，就可以让自己在开心的环境里面过着快乐的生活。毕竟做自己好自在，没有做自己最自在嘛，对不对？<笑>好了，希望大家都有从今天的内容学到一些东西。有兴趣的话呢，等一下赶快去上网认识一下 Solana 区块链，或者是上推特、上 Twitter 追踪我们来宾 Justin。All right, bye everyone. Peace. All right. Well, that is our NG Ingwen show for today. We hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and now Spotify. You can search NG Ingwen, or you can search on IG NG English I C R T. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday morning from six thirty to seven, and Wednesday night from nine to nine thirty. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye bye. 好啦，今天的节目就到这边告一段落啦。感谢各位的收听，别忘了订阅我们的 Spotify 还有 YouTube 频道哦。那喜欢我们节目的话，也要记得到 Instagram 到 IG 上追踪我们哦。如果各位有什么其他问题是想要问来宾的，也请欢迎在底下留言告诉我们，我们一定会想办法帮你问到手。好啦，那就下周在空中相会喽，拜拜。